0: You're listening to The Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheMarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of The Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arrici, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore. and Jackson... What a trip. Uh, Vegas, uh, a little bit of Raiders, and uh, a whole lot of eating, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just made for a great trip.
1: Uh, it sure did. Yeah, we had a, a good time over there. I'm sure a lot of red waivers that did make the trip for the UNLV game as well enjoyed themselves with the outcome. Bulldogs winning 37 to 30. Exciting game. It was close, but not too close, as I like to call it. It was entertaining enough without getting too scary for the dogs. It it was a little bit worrisome there early in the fourth quarter, but otherwise, it was a a rather entertaining game. I think, you know, the Bulldog fans, they made the trip, uh, a lot of them, and they were treated with the show, as were we. Um, They announced over 23,000 fans there. I don't know if it was that many, but it sure felt like there was a majority of red waivers in that building, and It was just uh, really neat. I think uh, I'm sure a lot of them, as us, we all got our first taste of the Legion Stadium that night, and a pretty cool deal. Even, uh, you know, you think about an empty college game in an NFL stadium like that, but you put all the fans in the lower bowl, kind of get them together. It made for a good atmosphere. The Bulldogs took advantage of all the red waivers that traveled.
0: I can tell you what, that that stadium is beautiful. a whole lot of uh, upgrades to what we're used to. Um, <laughs> I think that's probably the nicest stadium that you and I have been to uh, thus far, and I, I'm, I, you know, I was in love with it. The atmosphere is something else uh, in there in an the, uh, Allegiant Stadium. But one thing was for sure, that sounded almost like a, a Bulldogs home game rather than a road game. Jackson, there was a lot of people there from Fresno.
1: It did, and the way that noise travels in that domed arena stadium, it it made it sound a whole lot louder than uh, the amount that was there. Um, But even within the amount that was there, yeah, I mean, it sure looked like there were more Bulldog fans. I mean, you just take a a quick snapshot I posted on Twitter of the fans behind Fresno State's bench and the fans behind UNLV's bench. Now, it wasn't perfect, you know, 100% Bulldog fans on one side and Rebels on the other, but... The bulldog side was substantially more full and uh, were definitely louder. Uh, I believe Jalen Cropper made the statement that he came out and there were some boos or some cheers, and it, it was kind of the opposite. Of, it was that, that loud cheer was from the Fresno State fans, not the home UNLV fans. So a couple of the players said it felt like a home game.
0: Oh yeah, I, I mean it was uh, it was great to see uh, the Bulldog faithful come out uh, and and support the Bulldogs out there, and it was. Uh, it turned out to be quite an entertaining game uh, so to speak there were a little bit of uh, you know nervous moments for the Bulldogs uh, as it seemed like ne- uh, I wanted to say Nevada but that's that's this week coming up but uh, it seemed like um, uh, Las Vegas uh, rebels there on UNLV, uh, they were they were starting to find a groove and, and were starting to make plays, and the Bulldogs were, were struggling there a bit, especially with that mobile quarterback. We knew that that was going to be a factor heading into this one. Did we realize it was going to be this much of a factor, Jackson?
1: Right. It, I imagined, you know, if you would have told me what Brumfield finished with 10 carries for 60 yards, I wouldn't have been extremely surprised by that, but it was the... Um, the complementary aspect of him to their normal running game which that's what surprised me Aiden Robbins ran 26 times for 144 yards Uh, I mean now part of that was on a a 66 yarder in the fourth quarter but uh, the thing that really made this a game was that UNLV dominated the ball over the first half they had possession for over 20 minutes Uh, they were just kept extending drives and dragging them out and um, that, that's really what made this game probably closer than it should have been, um, and it was not so much to do with the passing game, but just the compliment of Robbins uh, just running on at three or four yards at a time for most of the first half, and then Brumfield making those third different plays with his legs. Uh, Fresno State again only touched the ball three times; they scored two touchdowns and had one, and were only down by two. But I mean, I'd think back to. 2017 in a game where Fresno State only had the ball eight times and and they punted against UNLV, albeit and they punted a few times and then they ended up losing that one. So uh, the Bulldogs really had to take advantage on the other side of the ball when they did have it. And and they did, even though the defense uh, wasn't quite playing as we've seen them in times in recent weeks.
0: Yeah. Defense seemed to have struggled a little bit trying to clamp down on the mobile quarterback, which just gave them fits all night long um, but once uh, the Bulldogs were able to kind of turn the momentum there, I'm not really sure what play switched the momentum back into the Bulldogs' favor, Jackson. You probably know, but once that happened, it seemed like the defense turned it up a level and was able to kind of shut things down. So when, when do you think it was a turning point for the Bulldogs there?
1: But I did feel like, I mean, the defense was kind of bending but not breaking, and they held them to four field or yeah, four field goals, and they were doing pretty well throughout the game. And they had a chance to finish it off. The UNLV leads their offense out there for fourth and one at their own thirty-four yard line, with still about ten minutes to go, and that was the chance for the defense to. I mean, they get a stop there. Bulldogs are at least getting a field goal, and it's game over. But uh, instead, UNLV breaks off the 66-yard touchdown run, and then they score the two-point conversion, too, to tie things up. Um, so uh, really, I mean, the, the defense was not quite what they were needing to do until they got a chance to redeem themselves. About two minutes later, after Hainer and Marino Cropper connected for a 60-plus touchdown of their own to take the lead, all of a sudden, here we are again, fourth and one, around the 35-yard line, UNLV leads their offense out there again. And this time, Evan Williams and Maurice Norris are there in the backfield to make the stop. And I talked to Coach Coyle today at practice, actually, and he said there's been games as of late where the defense hasn't quite played its best for four quarters, but they've made the key stops late in games when it mattered most. And on that particular play, that was really the one that put it away for the dogs Um, and all they needed to do was really kick a field goal, and, and it was going to be over, and that's what the offense was able to do from there.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was fun to watch once the Bulldogs were able to kind of, kind of really turn it on a little bit, especially with Cropper. Cropper was huge in this game, and it seems like he likes playing against UNLV, right, Jackson?
1: <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, the four touchdowns last year, uh, this time around finished with eight catches for 164 yards and two touchdowns and really the big one, the 65-yarder, where he makes that catch, he sheds the defender, he keeps that toe inbounds and, and runs all the way for a score, about 30, 40 yards. Uh, I mean, but that's the play of the game right there. That I mean, we've seen a lot of Fresno State games over the years where they give up that big play like UNLV had to tie it up. and it, They just never recover, and you know they're not able to bounce back from something like that, and they lose. It, it kind of happened at UConn where, the Huskies had that big passing play late in the game and uh, ended up scoring and taking the lead and the Bulldogs couldn't answer. But now with Jake Hayner healthy and with Cropper really clicking and his new role in the offense, um, it, it just felt like they had the confidence that they knew they were going to go down and score and, and take the game back into control. And it only took them three plays uh, to do so much like a couple weeks back against San Diego state, where they get the onside kick and boom, one play <laughs> touchdown from Hayner to Murmijio. So, it just feels like this. off expected them to all off season. Didn't get it for the first six or seven weeks with injuries, but now it's there, and um, it's definitely masking some issues defensively and you O know, line wise that are, you know, not terribly terrible issues, but would make it tough to win these games if Hayner the, the guys went on the field.
0: What what made it interesting is towards the end of the game, the Bulldogs' defense was able to kind of turn it on, and it seemed like they were getting to the quarterback. But every time they seemed that they were going to get a hand on on UNLV's quarterback, he would uh, make a move and take off. And uh, it, the Bulldogs would be sitting there grabbing air, Jackson. Uh, it just seemed like he was like a, a little slippery sucker there uh, for for a little while.
1: Yeah, and I saw a lot of people on the boards asking for a spy on some of those plays, and <laughs> they had one. Um, yeah, <laughs> just <couldn't>, they just <laughs> couldn't stop them. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they did. Sometimes they, I mean, this is a, a deal where Fresno State, and much like a lot of other schools, you can't quite account for all of the receivers downfield and what's going on in the trenches and for pass rushing. I mean, you got to. Pick your poison a little bit, and that seems to be what Fresno State has been over the past few weeks. I mean, they're having great coverage downfield. They're getting some pressure, but kind of the one thing that they are allowing is that quarterback run, uh, the late scramble, and some of them are plays where they should have been wrapped up in the backfield, as you mentioned, just weren't able to do it. Um, But that's been the one area where Bulldogs had a little bit of a challenge, but Fortunately, uh the next two weeks it looks like the quarterback's going to be a little more stationary uh, until uh, I assume <laughs> Fresno State faces Boise State again and gets another chance with Taylor Green.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm telling you Jackson, that game was pretty exciting to to just take all in in that stadium. Uh it seemed like the Bulldogs offense was in a groove. Uh the defense held the just enough to make Make things uh, work for the Bulldogs. Um One player in particular that people may not, uh, you know, may not stick out to people right away that I've noticed has been a huge difference. Uh, and you're gonna be surprised by this, Jackson. But it's it's Fresno State's kicker. Um, he he, you know the 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 walk on from from Bakersfield, I believe, and uh, yeah. he he's he's come on big lately. Yeah,
1: Dylan Lynch has been called in there when we, we didn't expect him to. Abraham Montano has been dealing with a, kind of a, an injury that's not too, too severe, but it's kept him off the field the last two weeks. And yeah, I mean, he's four for four now. Lynch is over two games, and he was three for three in this particular game against the Rebels. And when the game's as close as that is, and, and ends in a seven-point margin. I mean, all those field goals are very critical that he made. Now he hasn't had to kick one beyond 29 yards, but we do know from his kickoffs that he's got quite a leg. He's he's booting quite a bit of them towards the end zone too.
0: So and, and, and don't he, forget the onside it. kick. Uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. If it, if it <laughs> wasn't for him, uh, the Fresno State would would be in a hell of a different situation at the moment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that particular onside kick has got him and Bulldogs. History already alone, and who knows what might happen over his next three years, too.
0: <laughs> well, it seems like the future is bright for the kicking game for the Bulldogs, uh, as Montaño is still uh nursing an injury. Um, maybe we'll see him, maybe we won't, but it seems like his injury is a little more serious than originally thought, which is why we've got Lynch in there, uh, for the most part here in the last uh few, last few games here. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see how that develops. But as far as the Bulldogs are concerned, Jackson, it seems like they're starting to get healthy at the right time, right?
1: Yeah, there's not too many injuries. That I mean, the ones that are plaguing them the most are guys that have just been already deemed out for the season. Um, but against San Diego State, they lost Braylon Lux and, and Trey Watson, which are, you know, tough hits, but are also two positions where they have a little bit of depth and, and could survive some of those situations. And against UNLV, they got a little more dinged up. Josh Kelly got hurt. Uh, Leonard Payne wasn't able to finish the game. So those are a couple of guys to kind of keep an eye on here. And they're hoping to get Elijah Gates back as well. So there's, um, they might have, uh, you know, barring any more injuries, they could be a little bit stronger by the time the conference championship comes around than they will be this week. But, uh, For the most part, they've been doing pretty well with the health. Dante Bull out for the year is a big one. Raymond Scott out for the year is a big one. But uh, the fact that they've been able to get Jake Hayner and Evan Williams back probably sooner than they anticipated is uh, massive.
0: Yeah, it's, it has made a huge difference as far as the Bulldogs are concerned. Just those two key players have uh, just it makes the Bulldogs a lot better uh, than they are without them. And so far, uh, it's proving to, to work when they're in there. And uh, hopefully it, it keeps things rolling as we uh, take on the next game, which we're going to start, you know, start transitioning into is fresno state heads to reno nevada to take on uh take on the wolf pack and so this one here jackson big game right if fresno state can pull off a victory against uh nevada uh they pretty much secure their spot in the mountain west championship game am i am i off or am i right jackson
1: yeah, that's correct. Now, after Saturday's results, the Bulldogs played Friday. I got to sit back and <laughs> talk to some of the players and coaches this week, who admitted they were huddled around the TVs on Saturday, watching San Jose State and San Diego State. And since the Spartans only had one loss, uh, that being the Fresno State, the Bulldogs couldn't afford another loss unless San Jose State lost, and, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, despite jumping out to a fourteen-zero lead, I know we were commenting that. The game was probably about over after the first couple of minutes uh, for the Spartans ahead. All of a sudden, San Diego State rattles off uh, 38 unanswered points and and basically gives Fresno State a a path to walk right into the conference championship game uh, to win the West Division, knowing that this Nevada team coming up uh, on Saturday is not a very strong one. They haven't won a single game in conference play. Uh, The Bulldogs are favored by 22.5 points, as currently stands. And so um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be too big of a hurdle for Fresno State to capitalize on the situation and get the win on Saturday that would clinch the West Division and still leave some interesting possibilities open for the conference championship game and who they would play and where it could be uh, potentially. But um, as far as Fresno State, then they can sure take care of business uh, with a rather easy opponent this weekend.
0: Yeah, so this... This makes for an interesting conundrum for Jackson, because uh, he he had mentioned to me that if if Sa- Fresno State would win and San Diego State would win, that he was going to make a, a a last minute flight into Reno <laughs> to cover the game. Uh, <laughs> are you still going to do that, Jackson?
1: Uh, you know it's looking tough. It's a little, <laughs> little bit of a big price tag for about two quarters. Like, I got to be at Cal and Stanford at 2:30 p.m. on Saturday for 24/7 sports and uh there is a flight out of Oakland but uh yeah I think I'm going to maybe save up that money and make sure we're at Boise for the conference championship game. (laughs) Assuming it looks like that's going to be the way it plays out.
0: There you go. So I, I, yeah, I kind of figured, uh, you know, it would be nice if one of us was there to, to kind of get the coverage. If Fresno state should win against, uh, against Reno. Uh, but, um, it's just not in the cards for either one of us this week. So, Sorry, folks, we will not be in attendance, but we will be watching it on TV just like you. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll get as much information that we can behind the scenes, uh, but uh, as we always do. But, Jackson, uh, you know, I wish we could do a whole nother road trip again because that, that was fun. But, uh, yeah, neither one of us can make that trip this time. But, you know, it should still be an, an interesting game. Um, although on paper, heavily favors Fresno State, am I correct? Right,
1: so is one of these types of games probably comes more down to intangibles in terms of if it gets close, and there are definitely some of those out there. It's going to be cold, very cold, uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be any snow, but it's uh, probably going to dip under 32 degrees by the time this game kicks off, and going to dip well into the mid-20s by the end of the game, and so that's going to be a challenge for the dogs to, to handle that. Definitely not used to those types of temperatures, uh, especially after playing indoors last week. Um, they, they are trying to practice early, and it's a little chilly in Fresno this week, but that's quite a bit different going into those types of temperatures. And then also for Nevada, it is going to be senior night. They're going to be playing with a little more pride probably than, you know, I mean, they're on a eight-game losing streak right now. Things haven't been going good. They got demolished by Boise State last week at home. But whenever you have that senior day experience and uh, you have all your family in the crowd, you are going to get a little more of an effort, I think. And it's one of those things where the longer it stays close, the more that they're going to lead and get into it. So um, if Fresno State can survive kind of the initial push and the weather, uh, then uh, I anticipate that they should be able to get out of there with a, a pretty lopsided victory, but um, never quite know for sure. You got to make sure you tune in and let the Bulldogs take care of business there.
0: Yeah. And so that's, uh, that should be, you know, fun to, to kind of uh, follow the Bulldogs here as they try and and clinch that spot. So let's, let's break this down, Jackson. Let's, let's, Let's go with Fresno State's offense versus Nevada's defense, and I think this one is pretty much a mismatch, if I remember correctly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Nevada, they just gave up 41 to Boise State this past week, and um, while Fresno State and Boise State have two very different approaches, different matchups here, um, that certainly would bode well for the Bulldogs to to put up some big numbers too. Um, They've had their other struggles. they Even in a pretty competitive game at San Jose State, they gave up 35 points. They gave up 31 in the loss of Hawaii. Air Force ran on them big time for 48 points. And even earlier this year, they lost to Incarnate Word 55 to 41. Uh, Incarnate Word is actually a very successful FCS team right now, compared to when Fresno State faced them a few years back. And kind of an offensive juggernaut at that level right now, but. Still a rather embarrassing result for Nevada, given that. Um, So a lot there for the taking for Fresno State. Uh, The Wolfpack were uh, very solid on defense a year ago, but with the coaching change, they lost a lot of players. They had a couple of their stars go off to Washington State. Uh, A lot of their players on both sides of the ball followed their coach to Colorado State, uh, Jay Norvell. He's over there now. So... Uh, They're kind of starting from scratch a little bit. New coach, new scheme, new defense, uh, new personnel. And it's been a a bit of an up-the-hill battle for them this year. They do have some talent on the D-line. Their interior defensive line star, uh, Don Peterson, who has been there forever, it feels like. (laughs) He's still there and probably gives the Bulldogs some fits up on the offensive line up front. But it's really tough to point out too many other stars or or too many concerns that slow down the dogs. And As Jake Hayner pointed out in his press conference this week uh, in 2020, they went to Reno and they went to Utah State with some very similar cold, cold weather and put up two of the biggest passing days this group has, has had still to date, so they're not too worried about the weather either, um, which seems to be the only thing that could slow down the dogs in this game.
0: Yeah, uh you know, once you start throwing in some snow, uh <laughs> that could uh, that could change things around a little bit. However, I you know, I'll have to check the weather, but I don't see a snowstorm coming in so to speak, but either way, the temperature's going to drop tremendously in Reno. Um so if you're planning on going to that game, you better bundle up because it's going to be a cold one for sure. There's not going to be a dome like like in Las Vegas there for for you to huddle under. Now, uh, switching sides of the ball, you've got Fresno State's defense taking on uh, Nevada's uh, offense, and I, I still think it favors the Bulldogs on this situation, Jackson.
1: Yeah, Nevada, they've had to replace their quarterback um, from a year ago, Carson Strong, of course, who gave the Bulldogs some fits in recent years. They don't have him anymore he graduated. and um, Also, they had about three or four really big time receiving targets and they've all either graduated or or transferred out. Uh, one of them's playing for the Packers. So, um, they don't have those weapons either. And they really, their quarterback situation has not been all that settled either. They've had two different quarterbacks play quite a bit this year. They've got, um, Nate Cox, who is a junior college transfer who had been kind of waiting in the wings, uh, Hasn't had great numbers, but I mean, man, at six foot nine, he is, uh, always get a little nervous about someone of that size back there. Hard to take down, uh, only been sacked 11 times this year, uh, has been able to run the ball a little bit as well, 186 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. They also got Shane Illingworth, who is a, a power five transfer. Um, he's been the guy more so as of late, uh, basically played the majority of the last four or five games or the last three games, excuse me. And um, also not huge numbers from him, uh, but also a tall guy, at six foot six and 233 pounds. So um, not an explosive passing game. Uh, they do have some runners back there that have been around for a while. Uh, Toatawa is still there running back. He's averaging four yards a carry. He's running for 10 touchdowns this year. Uh, Devontae Lee has also been the, a nice change of pace with him. So um, Bulldogs a little concerned about the running game, but just not a, a big threat in the air at quarterback or, uh, and not a lot of uh, well-known receiving targets to throw to either. Um, seems like this should be, if they can handle the run and stop the run, there shouldn't be a lot to be concerned about there.
0: Yeah, it's uh whether or not the the Bulldogs will uh, are able to kind of slow down uh, Nevada enough and tire them out so that uh, the Bulldogs can can cruise this one easily. Fresno State should come out of this one with a victory, um, barring any uh, any type of meltdown. <laughs> I hate yeah. saying it, Jackson. I just don't. <laughs> I don't want to jinx them. But the only way that they could potentially lose this game is if they have a a meltdown of their own by maybe causing too many penalties, too many turnovers, things like that, that could end up ultimately losing them this game. Uh, But I see a a Fresno State victory and a, a, a clinching of the Mountain West Championship spot. Now, same goes for Boise. If they clinch, if they win, I'm pretty sure they clinch, right, this upcoming week? Uh, Yeah,
1: that's the case for them, but unlike Fresno State, who's uh, got kind of a walk through this week, uh, they've got Wyoming, who only has one loss, and um, whoever wins that game will be in first place for the Mountain Division, but it's a double-edged sword for the Cowboys, because even if they win, they've got to come here to Fresno the next week and win again in order to get the division, so uh, it definitely favors Boise, but... uh, It'll be make things very interesting for that last week if the Cowboys find a way to win that head-to-head battle with the Broncos on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and we'll we'll get into that more as we uh, switch gears into the the Mountain West coverage there uh, towards the end of the podcast. But right now, Jackson, before we we switch gears into the Mountain West, uh, let's talk a, a little bit of Raiders. I know it's not usually our typical topic, but we were in town for the Los, I almost said Los Angeles Raiders, but the Las (laughs) Vegas Raiders uh, who took on, um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank right now, the Indianapolis (laughs) Colts, right? There you go. Right. Um, and so we got a chance and an opportunity to to watch this game from the press box. We were allowed down on the field for a, for a bit, and uh, I I tell you what, Jackson, I don't think I've ever heard a stadium uh, as loud as it was uh, on, at that game when the crowd really got into it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> The opportunity for them to get into it was a little limited. The uh, Raiders came out pretty slow. <laughs> well, I didn't um, want to say. It. I mean, yeah. Now <laughs> um, Derek and Devontae, uh, we were there just for them. Which, like, uh, we weren't too concerned about who they were playing or <laughs> much else that was going on the field, really. But although it, they they could have got a little more help to win that game from the defense, and they kind of called out some teammates afterwards <laughs> after a, a close loss, but. We did get to see Derek and Devontae connect on the touchdown. It got real loud there. It um, got also real loud at the end of the game as their head coach walked off the field and got a, a, a probably maybe the loudest cheer of the day uh, or a boo, I should say. The <laughs> fans were booing the head coach McDaniel's as he came off the field. They got real loud there too. Um, but yeah, it was um, definitely a different environment with the full arena compared to the, the Bulldog game the two days before. But um, that doesn't mean the Bulldog game was uh a bad environment by any means either.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun, a fun game, uh, you know, getting it from perspective of, uh, of an NFL type game and, uh, and really just taking in the atmosphere and everything that it had to offer. And it was, it was a learning experience for uh, both Jackson and I, um, and, uh, You know, something that uh, I wouldn't mind repeating again at some point. Right, Jackson?
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It was quite the experience. And um, all the way up until that last play, Derek and Devontae had a one-on-one with the chance to win it. And it sure would have made our coverage uh, a lot more uh, (laughs) on the positive side for them had they been able to connect on that play. Unfortunately, they didn't. Um that came up one score short against the an Indianapolis team that just fired their coach and and had, had pulled off a former star offensive lineman just Saturday from his high school head coaching position to coach that game still managed to beat the Raiders and you know we got in the post game press conference got to see Derek. he came out with his bulldogs gear, but uh, not not exactly in the mood to to talk Fresno State as um I mean he was pretty emotional He was tearing up and Kind of gone viral with what are the things that he stated in the postgame press conference, which you know, at least for Fresno State, uh, all those stories and videos and photos have the bulldog logo on on Derek's chest and give them a little publicity to go along with some controversy and some some struggles for the Raiders right now.
0: Yeah, things are not looking good for the Raiders. Um, you know, Derek and Devontae, uh, for for a portion of that game, looked like they were a, a, uh, just a, a, a duo uh, uh, trying to make things happen. And uh, I think that kind of uh, hit a nerve because it uh, it seemed like they were the ones trying to really do something out there, um, but uh, fell just a little short uh, in that game. Um, and, uh, I don't know. The, the season does not look bright for the Raiders. I hate to say it for you Raider fans out there, but I think the fat lady has sung on this one, (laughs) uh, and things are, are, are really going in a direction of no hope for the playoffs. It's too late in the season. Um, and mathematically, I think if you do the math, I think they're pretty much eliminated at this point, right? Jackson.
1: Yeah, they're at two and seven. They'd have to really win. A good majority of the remaining games in order to to sneak in there, and uh, typically that's not what happens for two and seven teams. Um, but uh, they're, they're five games back in the division, so they'd have to hope for a wild card. Which there's a, an extra wild card and seventeen games now, so <laughs> and maybe you can hold on to hope for a turnaround and to sneak in. But yeah, they're in a tough spot, and it, uh, it was sad to see Derek and, and Devontae. It felt like they were pretty broken after the way that one concluded and um, kind of the the sentiment they had for some of their portion of the team uh, that doesn't seem to be bought into what's going on there. Um, But it was definitely neat to see them uh, both play pretty well for a majority of that game. Um, And, I mean, Devontae had a big day statistically and uh, with nine catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown, Derek threw for 250 and two touchdowns. And um, for Fresno State fans that stayed and watched the game, which we did spot quite a few of them. There was a Bulldog fan right in the, the new version of the black hole or, or whatever they're, they're calling it. There was a, a guy in a Fresno State, Derek Carr jersey, right next to all the other celebrity fans. That was cool to see and saw Bulldog flags flying in the tailgates. That was pretty neat. Um, you can kind of see the speckles of red mixed in with the black and silver and Indianapolis blue. And we got a lot of pictures on the bark board, of people pushing from their seats. Uh, so it was neat to see uh, the red wave stick around a portion of them for Sunday too. And got to get to see Derek and Devontae hook up one more time, but just couldn't uh, quite get the W for the, the Raiders.
0: Yeah, it it was uh it was a fun game to watch, but uh, you know, sad to see uh, it just fall a little short for them. Uh, but that that heads us now back into Mountain West coverage for Fresno State, and what does it mean coming up into this week? And uh, I'm telling you right now, Jackson, there's a lot of key matchups happening. Um, the two that come to mind are, of course, Fresno State taking on. Uh, Nevada, and that one if Fresno State wins, they clinch a spot. The other one is Boise State taking on Wyoming. If Boise wins, they clinch a spot. However, if if uh, Wyoming wins, then all Wyoming has to do is beat Fresno, and they would clinch the spot. So, um, <laughs> a lot happening here, Jackson, in the next couple of weeks, and. Things could get a little interesting depending on how things shake out this upcoming week. Let's go ahead and and break that one down that we had mentioned earlier. Boise State taking on Wyoming and exactly what does this mean uh, heading into this game? Uh, things could get very interesting. And Wyoming is playing this one at home, Jackson. So tell us a little bit more about this one.
1: Yeah, that's important to note too that it is going to be in Laramie. The Broncos aren't going to have the advantage of a blue turf. Uh, it is going to be cold, but both teams are used to that. Uh, but the overlying factor here is, even with some things going in Wyoming's advantage, uh, Boise State is coming in on the road. Both teams are seven and three, but the Broncos are favored by 14 points, two touchdowns. The Vegas makers don't give Wyoming much of a chance here, uh, even at home, despite their record. And you know the Cowboys have been just kind of getting by. Uh, they've haven't been overly impressive, but they've won enough games to put themselves in this position. You know, Not a lot of standout talent, but they've played physical and tough and good enough on both sides of the ball. They are potentially facing a quarterback issue. like starter Andrew Peasley got hurt last week in the game they ended up barely winning 14 to 13 against Colorado State. Uh, It seems to be questionable whether he's going to be able to play this week or not, which certainly would make life more difficult for the Cowboys. Uh, uh, it's hard for me to see Wyoming winning this one, but uh, I would imagine it, it probably gets a little more interesting than the spread says. And this game is big for the, um, uh, the final conference championship matchup. As mentioned, the Boise State win. Not only do they clinch the Mountain Division, but uh, they do clinch home field advantage no matter what happens that last week of the season. Um, Whereas if Wyoming wins, again, they do have to beat Fresno State to or get a Boise State loss against Utah State. Uh, For Fresno State fans hoping that the championship game could be in Valley Children's Stadium, uh, the only possible way it happens is if Fresno State wins their last two and Boise State loses their last two. Um, So that is the the outside chance there. So a few different angles to uh, watch this Boise state Wyoming game in. Um, and another oddity in it is if the Cowboys do beat the Broncos, uh, Fresno State kind of dictates their future because if Fresno State loses to a 6-1 and Wyoming team on that last week, that means they would go to Laramie for the conference championship game. But if they beat a 6-1 and Wyoming team, that means they would get the reward of going to the Blue Turf instead. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's not much of a reward, Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but uh, it sounds almost better for Fresno State if they were to lose in that scenario. Uh, but I, I do know that the team is especially anxious to get another shot at Boise State, not just for this year, but for last year, too. Um, the last time, the only time Jay has got to face the Broncos and really the full-strength Bulldogs to face the Broncos in this current era it was a, a pretty ugly night for Fresno State so i know this team wants to not only win the championship but do it against the broncos and which would probably require them going to the blue turf
0: yeah and that's something that no one is looking forward to because it seems like it's always on the blue <laughs> turf so yeah uh but we'll see what happens here that that is a huge game happening uh and, you know a lot of implications going on there and not only for the conference title game but also for home field advantage uh, so things could get a little interesting um, the only thing that I can tell Bulldog fans to hope for is uh, for Boise to lose twice <laughs> <laughs> just have Boise <laughs> lose twice and Fresno State win twice and this game is back at uh, Valley Children's uh, Stadium here in Fresno so that's all we can hope for. Um, so um, everyone should be glued to their television screens on that one. Now, as far as for the rest of the Mountain West uh, conference, there the first game is going to happen on Friday, and it's San Diego State taking on New Mexico. At this point, San Diego State is mathematically eliminated from. No, they're not. They're still in it, right, Jackson? If Fresno loses yeah, so, twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're in
1: Fresno state shoes for that other scenario. <laughs> they need the Bulldogs to lose twice and they need to win twice. That's the only way the Aztecs can sneak in.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting there. So San Diego has everything to play for still. Uh they'll be taking on New Mexico and this one um I don't know if New Mexico has enough for San Diego State, who uh, obviously had a uh, had a great game against San Jose, uh, especially with that that new quarterback in there that was playing defense a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden now <laughs> he he's a quarterback and actually looking like a very good quarterback. So I don't know, Jackson, what's your what's your take on this?
1: Yeah, you know, New Mexico. Last time Bulldog fans saw them, it was a pretty easy win for the dogs and has not got much better for them. It feels like uh, they've kind of collapsed here, blowout losses at Utah State and that Air Force. Um, you know, typically, when you get San Diego State and New Mexico, you expect uh, exotic defense and not a lot of offensive firepower, but uh, the Aztecs are certainly changing the uh, storyline a little bit with what they're doing on offense the last couple of weeks. So perhaps we do see a, a pretty lopsided blowout here if that offense continues for the Aztecs.
0: Yeah, and uh, we'll see what happens here. So uh, that one is also another game that has some implications. Uh, San Diego State uh, has everything to still play for uh, and need two wins and uh, Fresno State two losses um, in order for them to, to sneak in. So they're not eliminated just yet, but uh, things could uh, get right down to the last week. Uh the next game on the schedule, you've got UNLV, the team that Fresno State just faced, taking on Hawaii on the islands. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, UNLV might have the edge in this one, Jackson.
1: Yeah, they're, they're favored by about 11 going into here, despite losing four or five games in a row now. That it's, it's been, um, as we saw the last two weeks, the <laughs> UNLV certainly gave Fresno State a much better game than Hawaii. So, just uh, I think emotionally, if the Rebels can withstand a five-game losing streak and the travel and senior night at Hawaii, I mean that's a pretty big trio of things to, to deal with. here. <laughs> but if they can, they are certainly the better team. And also for UNLV, they have a very winnable game against rival Nevada to finish the season. They get these last two wins despite a five-game losing streak. They will be six and six. And uh, may sneak their way into a bowl game.
0: Yeah, and that uh, that makes a, a difference. The, these teams all want to be playing in a bowl game at the at the end of the season, and uh, UNLV still has an opportunity to do that, whereas Hawaii does not. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, as this one progresses uh, in the season here. Um, Next game on the schedule, Colorado State uh, taking on Air Force in Colorado. Uh, historically, this is usually a pretty good matchup between these two clubs, right, Jackson?
1: Right. Uh, this time around, you know, the Rams are, are certainly struggling. and Air Force, while not really a factor in the standings, uh, is still 7-3 and three overall. They're going to be favored by 22 in this one, so I expect the Falcons to have their way. Uh, the Rams have put it up. Pretty good fight against Wyoming and San Jose State the last two weeks or last two games that they've played. I mean, pretty good showings by them considering their record and the record of the Spartans and the Cowboys. But, um, yeah, not expecting much for for Colorado State in this particular matchup.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. So, well, that one is, uh, that one's going to be pretty much a, one of those you can watch if you'd like to but doesn't really mean a whole lot going into this one so uh yeah the last game on the schedule san jose state taking on utah state and similar to san diego state san jose still has a lot to play for uh needing fresno state to lose to in order for them to win to to get uh into the position of uh the mountain west uh championship game so uh, again, this is another one of those scenarios, Jackson, where San Jose can sneak in there still if Fresno State uh, has a, a monumental collapse uh, late in the season.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Spartans are also going to need the Aztecs to lose the game, which they do play Air Force next week, so not out of the question for that to also happen, but even longer odds for San Jose State to sneak in. Uh, Utah State also at 4-2, and two, and they're going to play Boise State in the season finale, so Um, uh, I don't think there's a scenario where the Aggies get in, but uh, they can at least sneak around and uh, try to make things interesting. They lost to Wyoming, so if they could win out and beat Boise State, uh, there could be a potential uh, three-way tie there with all three teams defeating each other. I don't see that happening. Utah State hasn't lived up nearly to the expectations that they had going into this year as defending champs, but uh, they're only a one-point home underdog against San Jose State here. So uh, it should be a a good game to watch.
0: Yeah, and if Utah State were to win, that would make them bowl eligible. Um, And if that were to happen, uh, there would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bowl eligible teams in the Mountain West. (laughs) So not bad, right, Jackson? Um, Especially after the non-conference showing
1: (laughs) Mountain West had. Uh, it hasn't been too pretty uh, compared to some more recent seasons. But, um, yeah, if they can put together enough teams to go bowl, to get bowl eligible and to have a good showing in the bowl season, it can redeem the conference a little
0: bit. Yeah, and if, if UNLV can win its last two, they'll be bowl eligible as well. So uh, and that would essentially make it eight teams. So if, if Utah can win and UNLV wins out, there will be eight Mountain West teams bowl eligible, which would be tremendous uh, for the conference. Uh, and then it would also mean, where do you put all those teams? <laughs> uh, Cause right now, Jackson, what are the bowl scenarios for Fresno state that they're facing at this point? Uh, the, you know, considering they went ahead and uh, made it to the Mountain West conference championship. What would be the scenario on, on bowl games?
1: Yeah, so the winner of the conference championship game is virtually slotted into the uh, L.A. Bowl, um, which gets a Pac-12 opponent, and um, would certainly be a nice way to cap the season if Fresno State can pull that off. Um, that's really the only guaranteed situation for the conference. Um, you know, Instead of how most conferences have a place for their second-place team, third-place, and so on, it's just kind of a crapshoot after the, the top bowl for the Mountain West. You got the Idaho Potato Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, the Arizona Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl. Um, but there are a few other places Fresno State could end up. Which, especially if they have seven or eight bowl eligible teams, they're going to have to get creative. And if Fresno State can keep this momentum going, uh, they might be an attractive place—a team for someone else to pick up. One of the secondary tie-ins that. The Mountain West has. They can send the team to the Cure Bowl in Florida, uh, the Boca Raton Bowl, the First Responders Bowl, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. (laughs) And there's a a couple of games where uh, one of those could get matched up against the Power Five team. So um, uh, there's a lot of different ways this thing could go if if you don't win the conference championship. It's really hard to tell. Um, But the primary options would be the ones that we're pretty much used to seeing in Hawaii, New Mexico, Idaho, and then that Arizona Bowl, which Fresno State hasn't played in yet, um, but could be put there, that that would be the closest to home. And all those games are against a group of five opponents. So the big one is definitely the LA Bowl, where you're guaranteed a Pac-12 opponent. would probably be someone in the realm of Washington, Oregon State, Washington State, kind of just outside that top tier of the conference. and uh, quite a game there
0: for the dogs. Yeah, that could uh, that could be interesting. I, you know, I wouldn't mind the Arizona Bowl if uh, if they can't make it into the LA Bowl. That would be uh still close enough to travel uh, for the Bulldogs uh and uh and its fans. So, uh should they not make it in there, um the Arizona Bowl would would be a good one. Um what was let me see I, I I don't know, Jackson. I'm kind of – I'm hoping they don't make the Hawaii Bowl (laughs) for whatever reason. It always seems like the year we think they're not going to the Hawaii Bowl, they get slotted in the Hawaii Bowl.
1: Yeah, and this year Hawaii is not bowl eligible. There's been quite a few of the recent seasons where they went ahead and grabbed that home bid. But uh, this year someone's going to have to go there And um, since Fresno State did not go there in the regular season might make them a candidate. And I would also expect that since they're probably going to the blue turf twice that the conference would not send them to the Idaho potato bowl for a third trip to Boise. So uh, that narrows it down a little bit, but it's still pretty wide open beyond the LA bowl.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, the one bowl I do not want to see them in is Hawaii because that pretty much shuts the door on either one of us making that trip. Uh, cause you know, I'm, I'm not going to Hawaii for, for the weekend. If I go to Hawaii, it's going to be for two weeks, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but that being said, uh, should they pick up, uh, one of these other bulls, um, there's still the opportunity that, you know, one of us will be making that trip. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, um, as, as things progress, but, uh, I'm I, for one, I'm hoping for either the LA bowl or the Arizona bowl. Uh, you know, we've been to Boise, we've been to New Mexico, we've been to Hawaii. Let's go to the other places we haven't been yet.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see what happens too with these other tie-ins. I, I think there could be, uh, I would send the president state farther, but they might be able to get a more attractive matchup if they can get into that Presco bowl or a first responders bowl typically, the matchups are better there than Arizona, even though there probably means less Red Wavers getting to enjoy that game.
0: Yeah, so we're we're gonna see what happens here, but things things are gonna start to become a little bit more clear, uh, especially after this weekend, because we're we're getting to a point now where, uh, as these last two weeks, uh, you know, are over with, the bull picture becomes a little bit more. Uh, more readable, uh, so to speak. And uh, I don't know, Jackson, would they start throwing out some bull bids here even before the season's over?
1: Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the way that the Mountain West operates. Uh, some other conferences will see the bull bids come in, but um, there's just so much that goes into it rather than the, the slots that other conferences have. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll probably wait till after the conference championship game and then. It'll all get figured out right there shortly after the the final result.
0: Yeah, so uh, this is going to be going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. So keep an eye on uh, every Mountain West game happening right now, as uh, you know, all of these are going to mean something for what bowls are going to be taken. Um, so uh, yeah. Let's let's see what the Bulldogs are able to do heading into Nevada. Uh, if they cl- if they win that, they clinch a spot in the championship game, which means they would need to make another trip. More than likely back to Boise again, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, let's uh, let's hope it's not the Blue Turf. I just I just want to see them lose twice. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, I'm not a big fan of Boise, so let's uh, let's get those guys uh, out of here so we can uh, play somebody else in the championship game. But that being said, Jackson, any final thoughts as we get ready to wrap this one up? Um, Yeah, just stay tuned with BarkWord.com.
1: dot com. not only football, but uh, men's basketball is picking up as well. Uh, We've got recruiting is getting close to the final stretch. It's been pretty quiet here compared to most years in the fall, but that's certainly going to pick up as signing day approaches and as they get into official visits in the near future. And uh, also, speaking of cars, uh, there will be another car heading to Fresno State. We learned this week um, reportedly that uh, Tyler Carr, the son of David Carr, has committed to Fresno State as a walk-on tied in. So, neat story there. Hoping we can talk to Tyler here and uh, hear his story a little bit uh, sometime here soon. But, um, yeah, a lot going on. We have our injury reports on the VIP board. Uh, it's only dollar for your first month to check that out and, and join Barkboard VIP. we have our mega practice report, too. Uh, also, for this week's Wednesday special, I'm working on... Well, something as complicated as uh, all this conference stuff is we've been talking about. Let me tell you, Lucio, it is going to be a lot more complicated without divisions. <laughs> 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 uh, my Wednesday special this week is basically putting all the current uh, standings into a scenario where there's not divisions, which is going to start next year, and looking at all the tiebreaker scenarios, and man, <laughs> it is, uh, it's is—it's not going to get settled until so, uh, the last week, I think for most conferences and most years, uh, in the pack 12, there's a potential five way tie for teams at the top at seven and two. If the results shake out right the last two weeks and, um, and, yeah, and, and when you get into three or four team tiebreakers without divisions, you don't have common opponents in a lot of cases. And man, there could be, a uh, Things like strength of schedule and uh, and computer composite rankings deciding who plays for conference championship games. If you don't get two teams that just blow everyone else else out of the water, so uh, that might be an interesting read for some to gear up for what's to come in the future of the Mountain West without divisions, which does start next year.
0: Uh, it brings back memories of the whack. <laughs> it's just it's just how things were set up at w- at one point where it would. A lot of it uh, meant strength of schedule and all the different tiebreaker scenarios. You know, I was happy when they moved to the divisions and now they're taking the divisions away. Why? I have no idea, Jackson. I don't know if you can shed some light on that. Why would they want to get rid of the divisions?
1: Well, the idea is that you just take the team, the conference's top two teams and put them in the conference championship game to help your case. If you're, the Mountain West or say the American Athletic Conference, it it gives you a better shot at getting a team into what currently is a New Year's Six Bowl what soon could be in a 12-team playoff, a a playoff spot so you want your top ranked teams to play each other and if they're both in the same division uh, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot Um, but if you don't have two highly ranked teams or you have more than two (laughs) it's just it's going to get real complicated and it's going to be tough to figure out here. Um, And if you're not in the the college football playoff rankings area anyway, like the mountain West is right now, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. So um, there are going to be years where it's going to help the conference, maybe get one of those spots, but a year like this one where no one really had a standout season, it's just going to muddy up things even more. You know, we've seen, before the divisions try championships in the Mountain West and the WAC. And now imagine you've got those three teams and only two of them get to play in the conference championship um, or you get one standout team and three or four teams are tied for second. That's that's kind of going to be some of the scenarios that we're even seeing right now in conferences like the Pac-12 and the American Athletic Conference that went to this model a year early. And uh, the Mountain West will join that next season.
0: Yeah, and not only that, Jackson, it's also going to mess up the the scheduling because we're used to seeing the same teams every year but by doing this model I'm guessing there's going to be a lot more of mixing up the schedules. We won't see certain teams for a while.
1: Yeah, the Bulldogs, uh, so they have locked in the schedules for the next three years and Fresno State has two annual rivalries where they will play Nevada and San Jose State home and home each year and the other nine opponents will rotate where Fresno State will see them two out of three years home and home. So that means more frequent games against the teams in the Mountain Division. It also means there's going to be one season where Fresno State doesn't play Hawaii at all. It means There'll be a season where they don't play San Diego State at all or UNLV at all. So uh, it's going to be a a little bit of a change there as uh, the Mountain West switches gears. As most conferences are doing there, the consensus seems to be that this is the best way to position each conference for the postseason, but uh, there seems to be some, some other complicated scenarios that are quickly emerging as well when you have 12-plus teams all in one division and you've got one group and, and a lot of tiebreakers to consider. It's going to be complicated in some years just like this one.
0: And there you have it, uh, folks. Uh, Jackson has broken it down for you. And it just keeps getting more and more complicated as things start to progress in this direction of the new era. Now, the only other wild card, Jackson, that I can think of is whether or not uh, a couple of these teams are still going to be in this this conference. Right, Jackson? Because there's still that wild card that could be dealt to us in the offseason.
1: There is, and that makes me a little curious about maybe that's why they only the rotation out. They only confirmed it for the next three years uh, when they came out with the divisional that the uh, rotation was basically out until infinity. <laughs> it was just going to keep going the same way that it did forever. And, uh, the conference is only committed to three years of this, and they'll reevaluate or reconsider some some of the guaranteed rivals and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, with things going on in the Pac-12 and the Big 12, you never know. Uh, things could shake up here, and, and teams like Fresno State are right on that bubble.
0: Yeah, so things things could get even more complicated uh, as 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 the uh, season progresses and we head into the off season. Things could change uh, drastically. Uh, whether it be uh, someone leaves the conference that is not Fresno State uh, or Fresno State ends up going to another conference somewhere else. Um, those are still possibilities. Granted, we haven't heard anything as of yet, uh, but there are still certain scenarios that could see uh, either one or two teams leaving the uh, the Mountain West Conference. Um, and if that were to happen, then things would get shooken up even more uh, as far as how things are going to be handled uh, in the future. So, Stay tuned for that one as Jackson will dig into it more. And, uh, of course, you'll have to head over to TheBarkBoard.com and get a premium subscription to find out more before anybody else. Because we're not going to exactly just put it on a platter for you here. Right, Jackson?
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of which, speaking of platters, more specifically, Thanksgiving <laughs> coming up. We'll take there. Um, Black Friday and Cyber Monday are coming up here soon. And uh, usually on the 24-7 Sports Network, we have some pretty big sales. So uh, don't forget, if you're not a VIP subscriber, and uh, if you're still not one, uh, by the time those days roll around, uh, you're going to get one heck of a bargain to jump on board. And um, if you're already a member, there may be some upgrades or something, but we always have our loyalty perks for uh, current VIP members that... Not on the promotional price, you get Paramount Plus for free, which is uh, almost the same price as Parkboard if you're paying for it by yourself. So, uh, a big uh, perk and a big uh, way to save there.
0: Yeah, so look, uh, just keep an eye open because there's going to be, as we head into the holidays, there's going to be some additional uh, perks there for for people. So if you're kind of on the fence on whether or not to join the Barkboard.com uh, premium subscription, um, you may want to start looking into it. Trust me, we've had plenty of people who have decided to make the jump and uh, and are now loyal um, uh, members of the Barkboard.com and uh, wouldn't have it any other way. So. Uh, all I say is give it a try and see, and see what you think uh, decide for yourself with that being said if, you can, if you're looking for Jackson you can find him on Twitter at Jackson Moore 247 you can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report uh, you can also follow us on Facebook uh, just look for TheBarkBoard.com and as always head over to the Barkboard.com, get your free or premium subscription and, uh, and get all the latest news and updates of Fresno State Athletics With that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.